Hi, welcome to the Inspired Painter Podcast. My name is Jessica Libor, and I am a Philadelphia-based artist, curator, and art professor, as well as artist coach. In this podcast, I cover topics vital to the success of emerging and established artists, like inspiration, mindset, art business relationships, and artist career strategy. You'll also hear interviews from art world luminaries who share their wisdom. My goal for this podcast is for you to feel encouraged, inspired, and in control of your art career, and to help you become the best artist that you can be. Hello, good morning, and welcome to the Inspired Painter podcast. I am here with Stephanie Weaver, Jules McCullough, uh, Katrina Berg, and Rachel Harchenko, and we are here to discuss what to do with unsold work, especially if it is older work. So yeah, I'm really excited to discuss this with you ladies here today because we've had such amazing, stimulating discussions. And um and yeah, it's going to be a great discussion. So why don't we start by going around to um, to all the different ladies present here, and why don't you just um, introduce yourself and say what you do with your art? Why don't we start with Stephanie? Oh, okay. <laughs> no one wanted to start. I know. I was waiting for all of us to go. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> um, so I'm Stephanie Weaver. I'm based out of Huntsville, Alabama. I am an oil painter, and I've Really focus on animals for my artwork. Um, I do a lot of custom oil pet portraits and then pretty much every piece of art that I create has an animal in it somewhere <laughs> um, or has a paw print in it somewhere. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. And I also have an online artist community and art business program so that I, I help artists kind of put the, the wheels in the box, so to speak, of what it actually takes to run a business. So it's a lot of fun, actually. Yeah, yeah. it's awesome. And you were a podcast guest here before. You you were a podcast guest. That's how I met you. And yeah. you reached out and you um, kind of pitched an idea about being sober, which is I found very interesting. Yeah. Yep, almost four years. I was thinking about that this morning. Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah. Oh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I'm on a podcast with Jules and Rachel. We're on Artists Soar. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. All right, let's go to Jules. Hello. So I am a watercolor and digital artist. I do more of a commercial type artwork, a lot of sea life. And uh, my work is meant for products and fabrics. So, uh, and like Stephanie said, we do a podcast together and uh, just have a lot of fun creating. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. So cool. All right, Katrina. Hi, I'm Katrina Berg. I live in Utah and I'm also an oil painter. I also have a podcast that's one of the really fantastic reasons why I met all these fantastic ladies but my podcast is the candy colored studio and so I paint mostly with 
really happy, bright candy colored oil paints and a lot of thick paint, um, mostly florals, but I also love to paint birds and all kinds of fun things. So that's, that's me. Awesome. Thanks, Katrina. And Rachel. Hey, good morning. I am Rachel Hershenko and I also am from Huntsville, Alabama. I'm an oil painter and I, my style is kind of like pop art. So I do a little bit of everything, including pets or teacups or food. And I do a, a little bit of everything. Awesome. Very cool. Well, um, I'm so excited to be here with you guys this morning. And um, yeah, today's topic um, is, so, so how we all know each other is we're part of this like podcast kind of support group that Stephanie formed uh, when she realized that we all had podcasts and uh, we're all artists. So Stephanie very amazingly organized this whole, um, she organized this whole group. So we we're, we check in on each other often and um, just like, you know, provide tips for each other. And it's really fun and um, it really provides community, which is so important for artists, I think, because we spend so much time solo, just like working on our art. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's really good. But so today we're going to talk about what to do with unsold work that is older. So I don't know if anybody else, well, I, actually, I do know that a lot of other artists have this problem. And that is, um, that is that basically you evolve throughout your whole career, right? So you're always making new kinds of art and the work that you made maybe five years ago is not the work that you may be making now, but that work that you made five years ago or 10 years ago, maybe you didn't end up selling all of it. And, um, and so you still hang on to it. And sometimes it can become like an issue because it can hang around and it can make you feel like, well, I've already created all this art. Why am I going to create more? And it also can become like a storage problem too. Like, uh -huh. what are you going to do with all this work? Are you just going to throw it out? Because um, that kind of feels sacrilegious too. So I thought that we would go around and each kind of give an idea and then like discuss it and see if you guys um, come up with any ideas that I haven't, I haven't heard of. So um, yeah, why don't we start with Stephanie? Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was hoping to play off somebody else. No, um, I've got, I've written down like several ideas, but one of them is, um, so I have like a retired work uh, bin. And so I like to use the word retired. I found it worked actually this past weekend with uh, somebody that was buying a, a notebook with my artwork on it. Um, mm -hmm. I just said, yeah, that's part of my retired work. And so I, I'm not going to produce any more of those. And that seemed to work. Um, mm -hmm. That was the first time I actually used that work and word instead of like a bargain bin. Um, and yeah. that worked. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So retired work, does that mean now do you price that lower than your current work? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I marked it down. Uh, well, that was just a notebook. The original piece was is in color, and that was a notebook that I converted to um, black and white using Photoshop, and then just created products from that. Um, mm -hmm. 
but I, yeah, I have really kind of no intention of creating more of that because it's, I'm, I'm over it. <laughs> you know? yeah. I want to create different things. Yeah. I want it out of my studio. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I like that idea. And it also, so one thing I wanted to touch on is like the energy of objects. So like every mm. object has like a certain vibe or an energy to it. Like that's why when you walk into somebody's home, you can like tell so much about them because they collect things that kind of resonate on their frequency, I think. And, mm -hmm. um, and so your art, like your older art, like it has a very different kind of frequency than it probably does now because we all grow. And yeah. I don't know, like holding on to it for a long time. Like when I come back to some old works, I just, I get kind of like an icky vibe, like, like, um, like I would never create that again. You know right. what I mean? <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's funny. It's like you get rid of a piece and it, sometimes when you get rid of a piece, you're just like, oh, I don't want to get rid of it. And then you're like, oh, I could always redo it. I never do it again. Yeah. Never, <laughs> never do. Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's funny that it doesn't happen to me that often anymore. It's, it's, um, and I, I feel like I know when I create a piece and it's like, eh, I don't really love it. Um, whereas like if I create a piece and I love it and I feel like it's part of my best work, I don't ever feel like, I don't ever feel like that heavy feeling of like, oh, I'm just carrying this around. It actually feels like I'm really happy that I still have it. This episode is sponsored by the Luminary Artist Academy. The Luminary Artist Academy is a six-month self-paced transformational course for contemporary realist feminine artists to blossom into the higher level of professional success from the inside out. The Luminary Artist Academy was written for you. As an artist myself who has been through the dark night of my own soul and through the thickets of my own limiting beliefs, in order to come out on the other side, I feel the struggle and I know where you are. I know the desires that you feel and the frustration at feeling like they are out of reach. And I have discovered the keys to unlocking your own potential and totally transforming the reality of your creative practice and your experience as an artist in a very short time after doing it myself. And I wrote the Luminary Artist Academy to share this process with you. So the Luminary Artist Academy is a comprehensive, detailed, step-by-step -step course that takes you on an odyssey through the inner chambers of your heart and soul to your creative practice and out into the world where you shine your confident feminine light as a luminary in your field. This course supports you every single step of the way to guide you into stepping into your highest version of yourself within your artistic career and your life. Don't let another year go by just thinking about it and without taking action. Being in limbo, saying next time or I'll do it later, is the reason why you feel like you're spinning your wheels and staying stuck. By doing the same things in the same way, you'll likely be in the same place you are now, six months from now, if you don't take action. Take the first steps today to believe in a different future for yourself. The gallery shows, press celebrating your work, and sales pouring in from your art is what you know you are meant for and what you ultimately deserve. 
your most aligned artistic career is waiting for you. It's time to believe in yourself and value your dreams. I believe in you. Explore the course via the link in the show notes or at www.thevisionaryartistssalon.com. I have a bargain bin. I used to be a photographer. And so I have a lot of photography work that just, um, it's not that it's bad work. It's, it's really good, but I just don't like it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of over, you're it. over it. <laughs> yeah. I'm just mm-hmm. really over it. And it's been sitting in my life and it takes up space that mm-hmm. I need for something else. Yeah. So I created the bargain bins down at the studio and I've actually sold quite a few pieces. I, I priced them at the bare minimum just to cover my cost of materials really. Mm-hmm. Um, because I had so many that I wanted to get rid of mm-hmm. and they're dwindling down slowly. Um, and I'm not sure if I'll keep the bargain bins going next year or if I will do something else with the work We'll see what ideas pop up today. Um, But I do like the idea of calling it retired work because for me, it truly is retired. I don't do photography anymore um, other than for family and and maybe some friends here and there, but not nature or composite photography Mm -hmm. work. Right, right. Cool. Now... um... Yeah, that is, that's definitely an idea. I've done that before. My, my more recent concern, because I raised my prices on a lot of my work and I'm trying to go towards like, well, yes, my intention is to, for my art to go to people who really value it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, my, my concern with doing that, cause I've thought about doing that more cause I have some old work that I just, I would love to just move it. Um, my concern about doing that is that it will devalue the, the, the look and feel of my other work. If it's like within within the same kind of vicinity, you know? Right. Um, Which I would not do that. That's a really good point. And I should mention that too, is I would not do that with my, my digital or my watercolor and digital work that mm-hmm. would not go in that bargain bin for that mm-hmm. very reason. Cause I don't want to devalue it because then people will get the idea. Well, I'll just wait till she gets sick of it and throws it in the bargain bin. No, the right. bargain bin is old photography. And I probably need to clarify that more on the bargain bin. Cause right now it just says bargain bin, you know? Right. Right. And, yeah. um, you know, I, that's why I like the word retired. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I like the word putting photography with it because, that is different than my work. So that's a really good point that you bring up, Jessica. Um, But yeah, I went, I went, I would not go to that low of a price point with my current work because of that very reason. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for the buyers who, who buy it, like, are these people that come when you have open studios? Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So the, the only way you can get your hands on that work is coming into the studio. You're not going to be able to get it on the website. I'm not going to waste my time putting it all up there. Right. Um, just because it's not worth it. They pay more in shipping than they would for the actual mm. piece of photography. <laughs> right. And, and then, and then it's online and then people see that as like your work. And do you really want to be known for that anymore? No, I don't. So yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, that's something I've been thinking about too, because I, I do have some, some old work that is kind of popular. Um, it's kind of popular, like in my prints, I have some older work, but, um, but it's not really what I want to be known for. Right. I've actually been thinking about like cleaning up my website and like basically getting rid of anything that doesn't perfectly align with what, what I want to be known for in the future. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. This whole yeah. concept of like a retired work, um, that kind of came to me because of what Disney does. What Disney oh. does with their uh, movies like Little Mermaid and things like that, they'll release them for like two years and then basically retire them. You're not able to buy anything for another like five, 10 years. We can mm -hmm. do the same thing with our artwork just because mm -hmm. it's, and I can, whatever I retire um, now and start promoting that as retirement work. I'm not gonna produce any more. I don't know when I'm gonna produce any more like this. Da, da, da. Same thing like Disney. And then if it's popular, like you're saying, Jessica, then then you can bring it back like mm -hmm. five, 10 years from now. We can still keep reusing what we've already created. It's yeah. a personal decision. And I think a part of the problem with bringing back retirement retired work like that is we've produced so much more that we want yes. to share and it's hard yeah. to bring it back and even yeah because we're over it by that point <laughs> right and and usually we've like we've evolved and we we make better work you know most people only get better you know throughout yeah. their art career so um yeah another so another idea that i had is to have like an early work sale mm. and to call it instead of like mm you know, a bargain bin or a, um, you know, old works or something like that. You can, you can call them early works, mm -hmm. which um, kind of retains that like high-end feel and it makes them feel more valuable because of course you can't go back and make more early works. Like right. these are limited early works. Like there's only so many of them mm -hmm. and, um, That's a good and idea. Can, like, raise the value of those works because they're perceived as like the beginnings of your artistic career. Um, I've just been doing so much research lately about like how to position yourself as like a high value artist. And so much of it is like putting, putting things in context for your collectors, you know, like, um, yeah. Like even if you're not working with a gallery you can still put yourself in like a high end context and it's, it's yeah. all the way that you present your work. Um, yeah. I have a collector who asked me before she started buying quite a bit of my art. She said, I wish I could have bought the first painting you ever did. Do you still oh, have the first oil painting you ever did? And I thought, oh, well, the one that I really consider one of my first, you know, invested oil paintings, like we're going to keep it. We, you know, I want to keep that one, but then I went back to even before I created that one. And I had these little, I used to get, um, like framing scraps, like what, like mat board. And I would paint on scraps of mat board and mm -hmm. I found them. And I gave her one of those one year. Okay. Cause it was like Christmas themed, oh, like so it was cute. just reds and stuff. And she was just over the moon. 
And it's wow, so wow. because that was isn't so that fun? I mean, just yeah. taking these, these, but I like the idea of early work. I also love the idea of retired and then the whole Disney thing. Um, like, what is it that they say? Releasing it from the vault. Yeah. Yes. Something like that. that. So you could be like, I'm bringing, I'm releasing some of my early work from the vault for a limited time. This is the foundation of everything that I've achieved. And I, you know, like you're saying, Jessica, like, how can we just really position and like, I don't know, just kind of share the whole process because it is so valuable, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I'm learning so much from you guys. Cause I am like a newer painter. Mm-hmm. So I don't have a lot of early works like everything is early for me um but um I don't know if you can tell I'm in my dining room right now because my husband's redoing my dent my office my studio Mm -hmm. so I was pulling out all my work Mm -hmm. and I gotta tell you I took like three or four and I just tossed them Mm -hmm. I'm looking at it going wow this is not who I am at all and it's just been like for three years and mm-hmm. I'm like nope and even my husband was like are you sure you wanna I'm like just it's not worth my energy at this point like I'm with you, Jessica I am putting redoing my well putting a website out so I want it to be mm-hmm. a reflection of what I do in my work now right, right. so I just you know he's like can't yeah. you just paint over it I'm like no I, I don't I don't have the energy yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, it's hard. And it was to- hard. It's hard. Yeah. But when you go back and, and you're, I'm physically looking at it going, this is probably terrible. I'm not even going to fool with it anymore. <laughs> like, I look at so, those, like, I still have some ones from way back when, and I look at it now and I'm like, that's a good start. And yeah. Yeah. It was a good start, start, but it's like, it wasn't on a canvas that I liked, you know, it was like, it's not who I am now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get it. Um, it's kind of like moving actually physically moving stuff. Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh yeah, we gotta, we gotta slim down. Did you just just move? No, I didn't just move. We're putting in new floors. Oh, okay. Yeah. He took everything out of my studio and office and I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Moving will do that to you. I just moved and right. And I got rid of bags of stuff. Just like, I don't even know where it came from. It did. It just accumulated. And um, you don't I, know how many books you have until you move them. Oh yeah, no. exactly. <laughs> and how many pins you have. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. And then like 50% of them don't even work. <laughs> Thank you. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I think that some other ideas. Okay. I love the idea, Katrina, of um, gifting pieces. Cause that was I my big idea. That was so nice. Um, is actually, I'm going to be doing that with, with a lot of my old work this season. Um, because, you know, I had two kind of big shows this fall and now during December, I'm able to kind of like take stock and I don't have any really big deadlines in December. I'm, I'm really going back to the drawing board and defining who I want to be as an artist. And I think part of it is 
letting go of such a tight grip of my art because it's really meant to be seen. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I, I want to release some works that I just no longer want to carry around with me. And so what I plan on doing over the next like two weeks or so is looking through like a lot of my older work and gifting it to my portfolio of collectors, like just going through and um, like looking at who might like what and then just sending them a surprise gift. And most of these pieces that I'll be gifting are quite small, so they can re-gift them if they want. But um, I think that this is a pos really positive thing, Katrina, because not only does it get the old energy out of your house, but it, you know it's going to somebody who will probably cherish it and value it because they've valued your other work. Right. And then it will also strengthen the relationship between you and those collectors. Yeah. You're changing the energy of the piece too when you send yeah. it. Yeah. Totally. How so? Say more about that, Rachel. Well, I mean, because it's sitting in your house and like you feel like it's got this negative connotation. You're like, oh, it didn't sell. It didn't do this. I'm sitting here. I'm looking at it for the last year and it makes me not depressed, but it's got that, it's bringing your energy down. But then if you re gift it to someone, they're getting it. Like you say, they're going to cherish it. They're going to go, oh my gosh, Jessica is the nicest person ever. I'm going to send more people to her. I'm going to buy her stuff. I'm going right. <clears> to, <throat> yeah. you know, say, I'm going to give her a shout out on Instagram or whatever and give you a good review. I mean, it changes the whole energy just in that one. I'm going to just mail it to, to somebody. Yeah. And it took nothing from you. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's kind of just like pay it forward concept. You're, yep. you're starting the giving cycle. Right. And I actually have a friend who is an artist in Nashville. And what she does is she takes one of her favorite pieces and she'll make it like a Christmas thing, Katrina, like you did. But then she makes postcards, these little five by seven postcards. Mm -hmm. And that's her Christmas card every year. So I have a collection of her Christmas postcards. So I oh, wear those. That's yeah, cool. it's really nice. That is I didn't nice. have to buy a piece and I have like nine of nine pieces of her work, even though it's a print, but mm -hmm. you know, so it's yeah. the same kind of thing. Yeah. And I love that because it just changes the whole energy of like an old piece. Yeah. And it, it, I love that too. I, I agree. It really does change the energy. And I think that the hardest thing for artists is, well, just, just for getting rid of anything in general is there can be like a perceived loss. Like I created this and maybe I could get some money for it, you know, and, you know, or I invested this much time or money creating it. And I think for me, asking the question, like, what is the cost of still keeping it with you right. as well? Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah. similarly, um, recently I had two of my longtime collectors. They came up, um, long story short, but they came with their daughters, these mm -hmm. darling little people. I think the oldest is probably like 11 and the youngest to me have been seven or eight. Mm -hmm. Anyways, they stopped by and they were looking through stuff. And one of the little girls went kind of in the back 
where I have like some storage stuff where I have most of my frames, but I have a few pieces in there that were damaged, like at galleries or just various situations, but I love the pieces. And so I didn't, I didn't get rid of them. Right. Because I loved them. Well, she found this one little piece and she's like, I love this so much. And I was like, you can have that piece. I would love to give you that piece. It was just a little, a little tiny. Um, I think the one she originally picked was like a little sheep. And then the other girls, there were two other cute little girls. They're like, hurry, let's see if we can find another one. <laughs> it's, it's damaged. So we went through my whole storage closet and found a few other pieces that were pretty decent, but they had been damaged in some way. And so I just didn't want to sell them, but I was just enjoying them. And it just felt so great because it was, it was really special. They were so excited to come to a real artist studio, but then they got to go home with something. So I have a picture of them on the couch, like with their little tiny pieces. So again, and, and like you were saying, Rachel, all this energy and, and just this already, um, these relationships we have with those collectors, but now I'm making relationships with these, like this next generation that's coming up. Right. And honestly, it was just hiding in my closet. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I have um, a collector who recently told me, she's like, um, I, I love this one piece, you know, it's a big piece and it's like a year old. And um, I was like, well, why don't you, I could bring it to your house and why don't you just borrow it for the month and just enjoy it, you yeah. know, and then I'll just come pick it up, you know, in a month because um, I think, you know, we really want our art to be seen and and there is something about the energy of it being out in the world. I think that creates, it, it creates something different because then we're not hoarding it anymore. And we're, it's more of a spirit of generosity and then um, right. releasing that tight grip. And I think releasing that tight grip actually makes it, it draws the right people to it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Cause you're putting it out there and it's just like, yeah. you know, not everybody's a fan of big brand A they may be more of a fan of big brand B. Mm-hmm. And once you put stuff out there, it can be seen and you can find your, mm-hmm. your fans. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like here's another idea that I had um, is like bringing it, bringing your art to places where it will be appreciated. And this can mean so many different things for so many different people. But um, like I was thinking um, I actually, I'm going to be bringing like a large piece to, um, to like this dance event. So I go to these dance events that are like, um, very spiritual. And I, I asked if I could bring one of my pieces that has a very spiritual kind of, uh, feeling to it. And I just know that the people there will like really appreciate it. And they will yeah. look at it. They will look at it in detail. They will like take something from it and, and it will, it will serve a purpose, you know, now, whether or not it sells or not, I don't know, but it will, you know, it will be sharing its energy with the world, you know, yeah. and, and to, to look for opportunities like that, or, you know, the holidays are coming up, maybe even like, if you're hosting a holiday party, like, put some of your pieces out that you haven't, you know, you haven't seen in a while, just to, just to give them that air, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, one of the third things that I wrote, the third thing that I wrote and you guys are touching on it is kind of donate the piece. So there's, Mm. there's this Facebook group that I belong to. It's called art abandonment and any art, you know, jewelry, crochet, 
oils, what, whatever it is, and you take it to someplace that would appreciate it and you leave a little note of what it means to you and that you want to pass it on and bring some joy to others type of thing. And um, so I took, I think it was about this time last year, I took probably about four or five pieces about town and I went to like the cancer center and put it in the bathroom. And uh, let's say I took some to like a children's home, put it in, put it in the, in the bathroom. You know, you just kind of visit and, you know, go to the bathroom. <laughs> but that's what I did because I didn't want to be seen doing it. Um, mm-hmm. That wasn't the purpose. It was to bring light to somebody else. And, nice. and then I went that's back beautiful. like a little bit later at one point and I, I saw that I was gone. And it just like, it was totally uplifting because somebody could have left it there and for the mm-hmm. next person, but mm-hmm. here somebody took it and mm-hmm. it brought, that was my whole point. It's just kind of, yes. and you can donate it to like, go to, to the elderly homes and stuff because they need pretty things on their walls too yeah and a lot of times they can't do it because they're in um uh they're on fixed budgets well mm-hmm. this is my 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 the way I look at some of my art it's like the 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 cost is sunk like I'm not going to get it back I don't care right. if I get it back I spent my energy the way I wanted to on it mm. and if I can give it to somebody else that brings them light and joy that's fantastic yeah yeah well you know the person that picks it up is it obviously brought they connected with it in some way yeah I don't think somebody that doesn't connect with it is going to just pick it up and take it they're going to leave it for the person that does connect with yeah Mm -hmm. Mm yeah yeah exactly um the other thing that I was thinking about is um yeah. Yeah. Donating work. Uh, they, there's also places where you can donate um, your work to nonprofits and then oh, they right. will, they'll auction them off at like these events. So, mm. you know, like a, like a silent auction or a not silent auction. Um, but there's so many nonprofits that host these galas in the city. And if you donate, like, you know, your unwanted pieces of art, then a lot of times your work goes up in value because you know people are bidding on it and um and then you'll be able to say yeah my work sold for you know ten thousand dollars at this auction and it raised like all this money for cancer research or something so that's something really positive you can do with unwanted art as well and also a lot of these events they give a portion of that to the artist yeah like I've done several of these events where like they'll give up to 50% back to you of whatever's auctioned off. And, um, and you know, it's, it's a really nice, easy sale. <laughs> so, um, and, and you're, you're raising money for a good cause too. So it's like a win-win for everybody. Yeah. 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 So something you've been saying, Jessica, is that this work is meant to be seen And so Mm -hmm. it's interesting because I think sometimes we've talked a lot about like energy and just like, you know, the feelings of the pieces. And I think sometimes it's important to just be open because Mm -hmm. we don't know what's going to come our way, what kind of opportunities. Mm -hmm. And so if we have something that we love that we're not ready to burn, I think it's 
totally fine to burn stuff for time to time. But there's, yeah, but there's things that we don't necessarily want to. And so, you know, we've talked in our group before about museums and that's really a special way to kind of let that work be seen. And a lot of times you can get like a deduction, you know, a tax break or whatever for doing that. But um, another interesting one that I thought of just this morning was that not too long ago, a friend came over and she works on movie sets and she sets up like specific scenes. And she said, I have this character and I think your art would be like, I totally see your art in her home. And so she went around and she took some art again, that was like a few years old, but I liked it, but it just was stuff that I, I wasn't doing, you know, the same series anymore or whatever. And she took it. And I don't know if you've ever seen the movie, the night clerk, it's got Ana de Armas and Helen Hunt and anyways, if you, it's kind of a creepy show. (laughs) And my art is not creepy, but it was like so perfect because the mom, like one of the main characters, Helen Hunt's character, she like Mm -hmm. had a really hard life. And here is my art in her like main living space. And it was so fun to see it there. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so great. My friend was right. It was perfect. So I don't know. Uh, there's if again it's maybe it's just something where we just stay open to those opportunities um she actually paid me to use my art and brought it back so that was really cool it was kind of like getting instead of getting paid to be an actor you got paid for your art to do you know it's thing and that's really special and I have another friend who does that quite a bit she used to live in LA and she would just have connections like that and I don't know, but again, there's all kinds of, there's people that do commercials that are probably Mm -hmm. local to you guys. And just like asking people, yeah, if you ever need stuff, I have some work that it might be older and it may not be stuff that I'm doing right now. But if you Mm -hmm. ever have like a specific project, just know that I'd be welcome to let you use it in your project. So anyways, kind of fun. Very cool. That is cool. So the other uh, thing that I was thinking about is like space. So we were talking about energy, but then also like the space that it takes to to store the work. Mm -hmm. Because I think that's that's another big problem for a lot of artists. Like I remember talking to several artists in in New York at like a gallery opening. And one of them was like, um, I asked her, I was like, so what, you know, do you have work like, uh, where do you keep your work? You know, do you, do you have any available works? And if so, like where, where do you keep them? She said, oh yeah, I have a storage unit. Oh no. no. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. She's like, I have a storage unit, you know, full of like large works, small works. And, um, you know, we want to like try to avoid that. Right. Like, right. Yeah. Like it, it needs to be out into the world. So, um, what just I- seems, to me, that's kind of sad to have her work in a I know. Yeah, it's like yeah. shoving it in the attic or the basement. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so I think giving it away is a really great idea. Um, I think, you know, nonprofits are a great idea. Um, letting people borrow it. I think that's a, that's a nice idea too. Because a lot of times when people borrow something, they eventually don't want to give it back. And they're like, well, what do you want for it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, especially if they love it. Um, that's actually a strategy employed by some galleries as well that I've read about. Um, so yeah, those that are some- something that I do. Cause I'm, I'm a little bit worried that, you know, I just got my studio space at low mill and I've got 
everything's set up and it just brings such joy and I can see the joy in other people's faces when they come in and mm -hmm. but I'm also I've got like probably about 10 pieces that are in the works and I, I've yeah. got like this one little space that has here's the new artwork <laughs> and yeah. eventually I'm going to want to replace all the stuff that's on the walls but I love all the stuff that's on the walls mm -hmm. and what am I going to do with those I don't necessarily want to give them away because they're still really good uh, really high right. value. Um, I don't want to put them in a retired bin. You know, I got to find something to do with them that so, still makes them visible. Something that I tried this year is, um, and it worked. Okay. I, I had a piece that was kind of laying around. It was like a, a mid-sized piece, and but it didn't really fit in with my work anymore. But it was still a nice piece. And so what I did was I sent an email to my email list and I said, I'm doing an auction and you can bid on this piece. Oh, okay. And I did not put a minimum bid. I just said, you know, you can just bid on this piece. And, um, and somebody, somebody ended up there, there ended up being two bids on it and it sold for like around a hundred dollars. And, you know, it was, it was a small work on paper. So, and I just wanted it to be, done you know like out mm -hmm. and um the place that i used to do the um the bidding it was called gala bid and um they have it's a website where you it's free and you can basically it's basically for nonprofits to set up like silent auctions where people can bid on something and once they place the bid other people can bid on it um higher um if they want to and then when the allotted time so you set the time that you want this thing to go on for and then when that time comes then the money automatically is deducted from the per the highest bidder and it goes to them um so yeah so that's kind of like a fun idea to make the work more accessible and i don't also make it more exciting to like to buy for people because yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. well i think Another thing that you could do too is look at what you have on the wall and say, okay, these three pieces would look really good together hanging mm -hmm. above somebody's couch or down mm -hmm. a hallway and bundle it as a, as a new product. Hmm. That's an idea. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, if you buy all three, it's obviously going to be, it, it would be less than if you bought each one individually. And that may be another way to get some traction and basically creating a mini collection mm -hmm. of said work. So, yeah, I love that yeah. idea. The yeah. um, become a collector with a um, bundle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's brilliant, Jules, because I mean, think about it. How, how often do people, they like one thing and then they bring it home and it's small. And so if, right. you, if you perfectly curate something for them, like that saves them mm -hmm. so much time and energy and they mm -hmm. already know it's going to look good. Like right. it's so frustrating. We get home some pieces. You're like, oh, these just don't look good together. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. something else that I'm kind of hearing you guys talk about is is, you know, having these fun things come up and then also having things that are consistent. So, you know, you've got the bargain bin, you've got this retired bin. So you have things that your collectors can count on, but then you also have 
some variety in there, something spontaneous that just happens. Maybe once a year, you do something different, like with the, the bidding on the work on paper, Jessica. And I think that that's nice for collectors too, because I think there is something amazing about them being able to rely on you and ex knowing what you're going to do, but then also changing it up every once in a while to just pique their interest and keep them excited. So for a while there, when I had a whole lot of work, um, I did do an annual secret sale and it was only for my email list. They were the only ones that could access it. You couldn't find that stuff on my website unless you like went to the secret sale page and then you could mm -hmm. buy that work. And that worked out really well. I think I did it like three years in a row. And I mean, they were pretty good discounts. And um, also people would join my email list because they would know it was that time of year. <laughs> And so I would get people, I'd be, I'd be like, Hey, by the way, next, next month is going to be my secret sale. So make sure you're on my email list. If you've been wanting to get something and, and then, yeah, just explain, you know, these are, these are works that are a little bit older that I love. And that I want to share with you. And I think just again, having stuff that's consistent and it doesn't have to last forever. Like I said, I did it, I think it was three years in a row. And then I kind of like it depleted my my inventory and maybe I'll bring it back. But I think there is something nice about having things that people can rely on. And then also just special things that obviously is just like a one-time thing. This is just yep. something special that I'm going to do. Yeah. As they do right yeah. now, like a flash sale. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. 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 I would love to talk about sales for a second because a sale is another idea. So like a big studio sale where you put like everything out or, mm -hmm. or like an online sale where you list some things. Um, so I've, I've actually done that for the last three years. And um, I always, it always creates like significant sales. Um, like people, it does motivate people to buy, especially if you have like a time limit, time limit on it. And like 90% of the sales come in the last day. <laughs> I've noticed <laughs> Um, but yeah, a sale is an interesting idea. I go back and forth with doing sales though, with like, cause on one hand they do work, but on the other hand, it kind of, I'm realizing it kind of discourages people from like buying full price, you know? Right. And it's like, it's like, oh, I'll just wait for her to have her sale, you know? Um, you could and, position it like a uh, my collector sale, so you only sell it to collectors who have already purchased before. Yeah, that's, that's a good idea. That's what I like. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You could definitely write like your top twenty or twenty-five collectors. I mean, I've done that before. Wives, I've, I've just sent things, kind of like when you sent things to people. Like I've done that before. I've. I sent prints to some of my best collectors, like mm -hmm. around gifting season. And then I felt so horrible because I'm like, they buy real stuff all the time. Why would they want this print? And so then I talked to a couple of them later and they're like, it was like the most wonderful surprise. And I was like, <laughs> you just never know. You just never know with these things. Yeah. And so again, I think there's something amazing about just listening to your heart. And if your heart says, Hey, Rachel, see this beautiful piece right here. So-and-so would love this piece or, mm -hmm. you know, just staying open to those, those wonderful things that just come to us, right? These ideas that I think so know. too. And Jessica, I think you could word it as like, this is a, an appreciation sale, mm. you know, mm. to your collectors, like you know, Hey, sale. I just wanted to say, thank you. 10% yeah. off right. my work. I mean, it doesn't have to be a big, yeah. exactly. Sale. You know, you could say, hey, I'm taking 
$300 off all my work just for you, just for this one day. Boom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I love that appreciation. And we just need to use it sparingly, right? Yeah. That's one of those yeah. things that right, right, it's right. not something that they count on. It's, it's a special thing for, mm -hmm. you know, your best collectors or your collector list, whatever it is. Yeah. 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 So I, I, I really like that idea of like only sending the sale to like people mm -hmm. who have bought before from you. I really like that. That's yeah. great. Cause it, it makes them feel special and yeah, yeah it, it's great. Um, another thing I was talking to somebody about like the, the concept of sales and how, um, like you don't want to feel like you're like low value or like lowering the value of your art. But then if you think of it differently in terms of like, you are actually doing something, an act of generosity in that you're making it more accessible to people who could otherwise not even afford it. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's another way to look at it. Yeah. The other thing. Okay. So I have two more ideas. One is um, creating like payment plans and making that like mm -hmm. really obvious that you. Yes. you plans. Um because I just did a negotiation with somebody about creating like a payment plan because she wants to buy this big original. And um, so we're doing like a, a couple hundred dollars a month um, until it's paid for and then I'll deliver it. Um, and, you know, that's the same concept. It's like she wouldn't have been able to afford it otherwise, but she really values it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, well, it makes it more accessible. Mm -hmm. I mean, it goes back to the 80s and 90s when, you know, you were able to lay away stuff. Yeah, it was yours, but you didn't get it until you finished paying for it. And I, I think there's a certain level of value to that, because like you said, mm -hmm. you pre they appreciate it even more because they've had to work hard to mm -hmm. to get it. Yeah, actually. So this piece right here, mm -hmm. this piece right here, I just got it this week. Um, it's from Brad Kunkel, like one of my favorite contemporary artists. And it's an original and I was paying for it for six months. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, it finally arrived. And I'm so proud that I am an owner of an original. That was like, Aww. That's and awesome. I, I value it so much. And um, yeah, it's just like a study, but, um, but yeah, like, so you want your pieces, even if they are studies to like go to people who appreciate them. Yeah. Um, which leads me. I listened to your podcast where you were talking about that. And one of the things that I love that you said in that is that you don't know uh, something like you, you don't know your um, uh, buyer's wallet. So, yeah. you know, don't be afraid to ask for the price that you want and that you believe it deserves because the right buyer's out there and that will find the value in it. And yeah. you mentioned about, uh, being a, you were in his class I think it was and you're like how much is that mm -hmm. study yeah. <laughs> and I love that right. yeah exactly and I love that you see it from the side of you did you know you did your payments to get that original and like you value it mm -hmm. and so now yep. you can do that to someone you know yeah. your friend who values your work and you're like yeah sure here you know what I mean yeah. like you were so mm -hmm. open to it so Right. Exactly. Cause I know how much I valued it, you know? Um, that's awesome. Which, which leads me to my next idea, which is not fully fleshed out yet. It's kind of like an interesting concept, but <laughs> what if you took some of your older pieces and you made like a web page for them and at the bottom you had like an adoption form for these pieces. And so in, in the form, it could be things like, um, 
You know, which piece are you interested in? What do you like about this piece? Where will this piece end up? Um, would this piece still be available if I wanted to borrow it for a museum exhibition? Um, what is this piece worth to you? You know, and like kind of, kind of making it like an adoption process for your work. Um, I don't know. It's still like, it's still in formation process in my head, but what do you guys think of that? That's a fun way to do it. Cause then you see what other people are thinking about your artwork. You're getting them to think right. about the process. And you're getting them to think about, it's all, it's a really good sales technique too. Cause they're, they're starting to think about, well, where would I put it? And then mm -hmm. they can vision it and vision it yeah. in their home. And then it becomes more of like, I want this. I must have this. Nobody else can have yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. You know, it would look so good above my bar. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I was actually thinking about doing this for like my regular work because I don't know. I'm just thinking about like, I don't want my work to just be common household goods, you know? Yeah. Right. Like, I want people to really value it. And money has something to do with it, but it's, it's not everything. Mm -hmm. No, it's yeah. not. Yeah. So, all right. Anybody else have any ideas before we wrap this thing up? I've been taking notes. I have all these notes. <laughs> yeah, I, I have two. We hit my top three, which is like donate trash and retired work. Um, yeah. Sometimes the trash, it's just feels good to, mm -hmm. this is no longer me. I'm good. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know of some artists who have like burn parties where they just like create a bonfire of like their old work and it's, they feel like- I'm okay with oil paint. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about oil paint, but maybe you can do it for drawing. Um, but they say it's like really cathartic and it's like this release of everything. Um, and I know somebody else who like, they threw their art into the river, which I don't recommend. Um, yeah. just polluting but um <laughs> they, like, they, they took a picture and they were like this this is no I just I'm tired of looking at this piece and they threw it in the river <laughs> oh my gosh no yeah. oh geez maybe some yeah. mermaid will find it <laughs> yeah maybe I don't know all right. Well, um, these are some great ideas. What a great discussion we've yeah, had today. Really I'm super inspired to like go look at my old work and find loving homes for it. Um, yeah. And I just want to say, yeah, the, the purpose of kind of moving it out of your life is so that you can move forward and create your best work in the future. Yeah. So it's, it's so that you're kind of untethering yourself from the weight of the past, I think. Yeah, you are definitely mm -hmm. yeah. like you're lightening things and you're, you're making a move towards your future. Um, there, by not know we all talked once before about like, and I gave the analogy, like if you're holding on to right. something really, really tight, you've got a firm grip on it. As soon as you open up your hand, you're releasing it and then opening up yourself to bring in something more. Um, yeah. yeah. Yep. Your hand mm -hmm. is ready to receive. Mm, I love that. I think that's a good place to end. <laughs> Hopefully nobody's hearing that. <laughs> All right, ladies. Well, thank you so much. And thank um, yeah, uh, what a great discussion. And I will talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
Thank you so much for listening to the Inspired Painter podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would so appreciate you leaving a five-star review with your experience. This helps other people discover the podcast who might be encouraged by it as well. And if you are interested in booking a coaching call with me to create a plan for your art career and overcome limits that may be holding you back, please visit the link in the show notes or send me a DM on Instagram at Jessica Libor Studio. I can't wait to hear from you. Until next time, stay inspired.